bonjour, and welcome to The French Way, the podcast about French-inspired wellness for healthy living and sustainable weight loss. I'm Karen Gombo, your French-American host and certified weight loss coach. So grab a coffee and a croissant and let's go. In this episode, I interview Judith Keyes, who is the founder of My Food in France. She's Irish. She has been living in Provence now for 12 years. And we had so much fun talking about all things food and cooking and life in France. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with her during our coffee chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of The French Way. I have a very special guest today, Judith Keyes, who is an Anglo-Saxon. She's going to tell us all about her story. She currently lives in France, and this is really meant to be a coffee chat. So she and I are just going to chat away as if we are having coffee and a croissant on a Saturday morning in Provence under the sun, just friends catching up. And so it's very informal. Yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. So Judith, welcome. Thank you so much, Karen. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and specifically what brought you to France? So yes, I am called Judith Keys, and I live in Provence in the southeast of France. Uh, and I came here, I think it's 12 years ago now, at the end of 2012. So yeah, it's 12 years ago almost. And the reason I came to France, it's a long story, but I'll give you the short version, is that my family have always had a love of France. My dad was a French teacher. And him, uh, my so my dad and mom, they took the plunge and took early retirement um, back in the early 2000s and bought uh, what was supposed to be a holiday home here. And we came every summer and, you know, spent, I was in high school at the time and we spent all our summers here and it was amazing. And then, yeah, when they took, sorry, that was, that was the earlier project. And then when they took early retirement, they moved here and decided to, to just go for it. So yeah, so that was, there was always a love affair with France and I was actually the last one to move here. I just came to visit them then once I was, you know, had flown the nest and was working and I started my own life, you know, and I just came to visit the family and see them from time to time. And then, yeah, then I just decided I wanted to move. I wanted to change and France was the obvious choice because yeah, it was just such a big part of my family's life. It was a buffer for me as well because I wasn't moving to somewhere that was completely unknown um, and also had family here. So yeah, so it just sort of felt a little bit obvious um, and I came uh, to try it for six months and then stayed. <laughs> Still here 12 years later. Okay. And when did you meet your husband? So isn't your husband French? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pierre, I met him in that six month period <laughs> when I came to try uh, living in France and to be fair, he was not the reason I decided to move. I mean, he was a lovely part of the move, but I was ready to to make a change and get away from my life in Scotland. Not a bad reason. I was, 
you know, just working away on the treadmill over there of corporate life. And I was just, I needed, I wanted a change. Um, so yeah, I met Pierre in that first six month period. Yeah. So in December, 2012, I met him. Um, and yeah, yeah, we got married in 2016 and had our first baby in 2017. And yeah, our next little boy was born um, in 2021. Yeah. So I've got two little boys. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about like, what do you like about France? Like, why did you decide to stay? So there's something really particular, I think, about France. And I think it is a cultural thing. It didn't feel too different for me because I spoke the language. So that was uh, quite not easy for me, but it made things a little bit easier for sure. My master's is in French. So, you know, it was just that wasn't as much. The language barrier didn't exist as much for me. And I think I just I do love the people. I love the language. I love the way of life. It takes getting used to. I'm not going to lie. But that romantic side of life in France does exist. I still believe it. My husband is romantic still after 12 years. You know, we have our difficult times, but I do think you know, there's something about life here and especially where I live in the South, there is a more relaxed vibe. Um, and again, you know, if, if if you find situations difficult to, to deal with, sometimes it, that can be hard. You'll probably agree with me, Karen. Like Some of that can be difficult when you first get here. Um, but I've grown to love those differences and that, and that French way of life. Um, yeah. And what specifically? Give us maybe a couple examples of things that, you know, the way of life, what specifically do you like in the way of life? I love the French directness. So you will know about this as well. So I love the fact that you can say how you feel to anybody really, you know, to your doctor, to your, to your neighbor, to anybody, and then obviously friends as well. But there's just this sense of honesty and that buzzword authenticity. But I do, I think, it's true. People are just very much themselves um, and tell you what they think. Um, sometimes it can be quite harsh, but generally it's just a good way of going about your day, I think, just, you know, saying it like it is. What else? Do, I do like their more relaxed vibe. And also, I think there's less of a where I come from anyway in Northern Ireland. So I'm originally from Ireland. Um, there is very much a sense that you must people please. So I suppose this comes alongside the directness thing, but the French definitely don't have a people-pleasing gene, you know. <laughs> like when I go to work, I want to do my best and strive. And, you know, I see burnout mentioned a lot back in the UK and I'm sure it exists here too. But I think people tend to be very much, um, they look after themselves and there isn't this need to be constantly thinking about everybody else and, mm -hmm. you know, and just running yourself into the ground trying to please others, you know, and... I love that about here and I see it all the time. Um, we've talked about this before, Karen, about the, the fact that, you know, shopkeepers are just generally a bit rude. And, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it can be difficult, but then I think, well, you know, okay, just, you know, there's something quite nice about it as well, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you agree. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah, the whole directness thing, it's true. I hadn't really thought about it like that. But yeah, I would pretty much say that people say what they think. Mm. Yeah, they do. And I think it's, it's, 
you have to get used to it also. And I think maybe learn to not take things personally. Um, but yeah, I also find it extremely authentic. I think a lot of times people find, you know, when people come to France, it's hard to make friends initially. You know, it takes a while for people to really get to know you. It's not just like, hey, come on over, you know, but... I think that authenticity is definitely mm-hmm. there and very a very important part of the culture. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think what you said there's so interesting about not taking it personally because I have seen French people have very heated discussions, be so direct with each other and then just immediately go back to normal life and as if nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas if that happened in my family, you know, or with friends and people I know at home, you know, it would just maybe people wouldn't speak to each other for, you know, maybe after that type of exchange where here it's just very much part of daily life. And, you know, they can talk about politics and talk about these big subjects and then just move on. And I love, it's quite refreshing. Tell me also, because we've also talked about Provence. Mm. So my listeners know that I am moving to Provence. Yes. Um, in a couple months, this this episode will be out in February 2024, and I'm moving in May 2024. But I always love hearing about it. So tell me a little bit about like, what is your favorite? So maybe also for our listeners, just a reminder of where Provence is in France geographically, and what do you like about living there? So yeah, so Provence is right down in the south, southeast. And where I live is actually called, it's La Drôme. So the department is La Drôme. And we are in La Drôme Provençale, exactly. We are at the start of the pre-Alps. So it's starting to get really hilly and quite cold in the winter. So it's really freezing here at the minute. Although the days then get quite hot uh, when the sun comes out. But yeah, what I love about it here is that that I get the four seasons. I get mm-hmm. really freezing cold winters and then the summer is very hot and I love the heat. So um, I can't wait for it to start getting a bit warmer, actually. <laughs> this weekend was really hot during the day. So uh, yeah, I love my markets. So all around me, every week every day of the week there is a different local market to go to and where I live specifically in Provence is very much a sort of food basket type area so there's lots of different produce grown lots of wine there's vineyards everywhere near where I live all around us and lots of fruit trees and orchards all around so we're apricots peaches um just up where my parents-in-law live, about one hour away from here, they're further into the Alps and it's apple country around there. So just orchards everywhere. Um, it's just a beautiful part of the world. Quite dry, so dry and sunny, mm. as opposed to not really very humid and wet. We just get lots of dry days, uh, which can cause drought in the summer. It's quite, it can be a very difficult time in the summer, especially for agricultural uh, workers and farmers. But yeah, just gorgeous, lovely and sunny. Yeah. Oh, I feel dreamy <laughs> just talking about it. Yeah, you're making me remember why I love it, Karen. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to come. Yeah, for, for those of you listening who haven't been, I think there's so much to do. There's so much to see. The food, you know, the culture, the arts, the hiking. There's really just an amazing amount of, of things to do in that part of France. So There's so much to do and it's so beautiful in a very different way. I think the, you know, that typical idea of a sort of small Provencal village with the shutters and the, you know, the sleepy 
you know, the flowers and the sunflowers and the cat, you know, just lying <laughs> on the doorstep. You know, it is, that is what it is like. If you imagine what Provence looks like, that is what I live in. You know, it is, it is so, uh, you know, it feels um, trite to say, but that is, yeah, that is what I live in. It's absolutely beautiful and very different. Obviously, I love big cities as well. I'm a city girl at heart. I was born in a city and lived in cities until I moved here. So, but there is just something very beautiful about this part of the world. Mm-hmm. So your husband is French. Is he from that area or is he from a different part of France? He's from Marseille. So he was uh, okay. born and raised in Marseille, lived there until he moved here with me. And the reason we're in this little village is because that is where my parents moved to. And we mm. knew about this little village where I am because... My dad was a French teacher and he had assistant and assistante come to his school every year from France to help with his French teaching and to help the kids learn to speak better French. And nearly every time we came on holiday, then we would visit one of these assistants or, you know, here. Um, and one year we came to this area and um, stayed with Agnès and her family. And my dad just completely fell in love with this little tiny place in the middle of nowhere and that all it's all Agnes's fault that we're here <laughs> in this place because that's where my mom and dad bought the house that's where they retired to uh, that's why I'm here um, and that's why Pierre's here now too he moved here he fell in love with it as well <laughs> okay and tell us also about because you're a big foodie yeah so tell us like Specifically, what do you love about the food and the food culture here in France? I love the culture here in France when it comes to food. They have very strict rules, (laughs) which sounds terrible, but there's something very comforting about those rules. Um, It's a routine. Everybody follows the rules. So not just, uh, you know, kids and they have to eat at certain times. Everybody follows the same food rules. So like, for example, what? For example, we all all eat breakfast, you know, it's about seven, between seven and eight. It's lunch at 12 not before or after sometimes a little bit before maybe um you have to have a snack at 4 p.m everybody has a snack a good day it's called at four o'clock and that's generally something sweet and then dinner at seven or eight um and nobody really um what's the word nobody diverges what's the word i can't think from those rules pretty much everybody eats at those times restaurants normally aren't open out with those times where I live anyway I'm sure in Paris and in big cities you can find food at any time of the day but around here no places just closed down you can't eat if you want food at three o'clock in the afternoon good luck you know so but I have really grown to love that routine I find it so hard to begin with uh, being used to city life and and back home where I'm from, everywhere is just open 24-7. And why do you like it? What what's what I think it is that sense of comfort. It's that everybody knows what what to do and when to do it, sort of thing. There's a sense of comfort and routine in that that I like. My kids as well, it helps me with organizing in a way because they just know what's happening. Everybody sort of follows those same rules. So it just makes life easy, you know. Um, I also love the apéro culture. So in the summer, there's a lot of, you know, come around for an aperitif and you go and I mean, that just happens all the time in the summer months as soon as the weather's nice. So you'll be invited to go for an aperitif, which is, you know, a drink and 
few crisps, olives, sauce and so on, that type of thing. So I love that as well, that culture. And quite often it ends up in dinner and, you know, you stay on and are there until, you know, the little, the wee hours of the morning. So there's something about the French way of appreciating food, the lunch thing where, you know, at home when I worked in the corporate world, especially my lunch was at my desk and it was a quick sandwich here that doesn't happen it's you know you go for lunch at 12 and you come back to work at two and it's usually a sit down affair Mm. you know and it's taken seriously and people take a good break you're not expected to just keep going and you know and it makes more sense to eat a big meal at lunchtime and a smaller meal in the evening you know that just that's the way my grandmother would have been actually in Ireland Mm. back in the day Um, it seemed to change then and when I was growing up it was a sandwich at lunch and then a big dinner, you know, just all got, went the wrong way around. So I I do like that here. I love just the care that's taken over food as well. I, I find that here, it's a lot of cooking from scratch and a lot of fresh seasonal produce as well, which I love. So yeah, I love the way that you, that you talked about the care about food. Mm. I hadn't thought about that. Mm. Did you cook when you came or did you have to cook? Did you have to learn how to cook? No, I've always cooked. You've so always I, cooked. Yeah. Now, I have a background uh, of having a grandmother who just took so much care over her food and taught me from a very young age, uh, specifically baking. So I baked a lot with my grandmother. So scones and shortbread and tarts and desserts and things like that but she taught me how to cook as well my mom is a really good cook uh, so my dad would have done the sort of weeknight meals but my mom was the one who did the big Sunday lunch or the dinner party foods that type of stuff so um so I always had learned to cook from scratch really we didn't have many ready meals and takeaway meals when I was a kid that was like a real treat to get a takeaway you know on a Friday night so so yeah, so I had had that background and then I I just see it here so much. You don't see as many ready meals here in the shops. Um, it's not really a thing. I mean, it is, but it isn't. I see them, but I don't see, well, nobody in my family would buy ready meals really. Sometimes for convenience. Pierre sometimes gets them for work, but he usually takes leftovers from what mm. I've made or he's made the night before. And so what do you think the benefit is? <laughs> well, yeah, what do you think the benefit is of um, making from scratch and also taking time to sit down mm-hmm. for your meals? So from scratch is so important, I think, for us to see what we're eating because so many ready meals have so much crap in them, let's be honest. And I get obviously that for convenience and when you have a family and young kids I mean that is my situation at the minute I work really hard I have two young children and I don't mean to be preachy about it but actually you can make really good meals from scratch quite simply it doesn't have to be complicated you can get the kids involved I know as well that can be really hard they make a mess you know but you can some meals of the week you can get them peeling the veg or we made a big couscous at the weekend with my family, uh, with my husband's family. And Marius, my eldest, was chopping the carrots and peeling the carrots. And he wanted to get involved. We were all around the table prepping the veg. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so what you said there about cooking from scratch has lots of benefits, I think, because it's we see what we're eating, but also 
there's connection with food. There's connection for my family. We all sit down together to eat what we have made or what I've made. I mean, it doesn't always go down well. My kids are picky. You know, kids are picky. They don't love everything that I make. However, when I involve them in the cooking process, mm-hmm. they are far more likely to enjoy what I've made uh, because they have had a part in it. So, and I will say that to people all the time. My best example was when I took Marius to the market one day and said, pick a vegetable that you like the look of. And he picked uh, a fennel bulb because they look cool. You know, they ha- they look so cool. And he wanted to hold it in his hand and we brought it home and we I cut some off and we ate it raw with just a little bit of salt and olive oil. And he loved it. And then we cooked the rest. And, you know, and he was involved in all of it and he ate all of it. And I am pretty much 100% sure that if I had cooked him fennel and served it to him without him being involved in that process, he would have just, oh, what's this? Mm. But because he was involved from the start and it was his choice as well, he loved it. So I always use that as such a good example for people trying to get their kids involved in in cooking or getting them to like fruit and veg mm. it's not so hard um, but veg especially get them take them to the market take them to the supermarket and get them to choose brilliant yeah I think that um it's true now that I'm also thinking about it and and I I share this also a lot with my clients a lot of it in France is about the preparation mm-hmm. it's not just about what you're going to eat but it's about anticipating what you're going to buy it's about buying in the market. It's about going to the different vendors and seeing what's available and seeing what's fresh. And then it's about cooking it. And then it's about eating it. But I think that those four parts between the anticipation, the purchase, the prep, and the cook, the cooking, I think they almost have all equal parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to food here. And I think as well... You know yourself, and I know for sure, the pleasure I sometimes get in going to the supermarket and buying crappy food because I just don't have time. And I think, oh, I'll just get that. And I want to satisfy some sort of a a thing of, you know, I'll get crisps and cake and we'll get ice cream for the children. And you think it's going to be good and you buy, you know, maybe a ready pizza thing or whatever. And you just, it's like instant gratification and then it's not actually that nice. Mm. And I think when I go, right, let's make a really amazing Sunday lunch and we'll get these nice things and that nice thing and I'll make this dessert and we plan and we buy and we prep and then we eat. The satisfaction is tenfold. Mm. You feel amazing because you've made this beautiful thing. You're sharing it with your family. You're eating it. You planned it. It's it's sort of more satisfactory, really. I get more, much more satisfaction from that. You think you're going to get good satisfaction from mm. crisps and, you know, whatever. And actually, it's it's not good. Um, and I think that's true for so much in life, isn't it? You know, yeah. you want the quick fix and it's not. Nice, it, yeah, actually, it doesn't you know. turn out. And, <laughs> yeah. and so tell us, what are your favorite foods or ingredients from Southern France that you personally like to use in your cooking? Mm-hmm. Uh, tomatoes in summer here are one of the best things I've ever eaten. I mean, I'm a tomato fan anyway, but don't eat a tomato that is not in season. That is my one piece of advice. If you can take anything from what I've said today, they're just water. They're horrible. So come to Provence and eat a tomato or pick it off the vine in the summertime. And yeah, I just, I love cooking with them. I wouldn't necessarily use them in a sauce. I would try and make them like a big tomato salad or 
um, stuffed tomatoes or um, anything where they are the sort of star ingredient. Mm. I'll make a really amazing tomato tart, which is just so simple and delicious in the summertime. And it looks so pretty. So, yeah, I love tomatoes here. I love the fruit in the summer as well. Winter's a harder time. Uh, it's much more root vegetable based and mm. that can be harder to cook with. But you can make really comforting things with squashes. I shared a recipe recently for one of those. They're called pochimaro in French. And when I look, I think up, it's pumpkin. I, I well, think it's a kind of pumpkin, isn't it? The kind that I use for this particular recipe. I thought it was called a chestnut squash, but it isn't. It's because it tastes a little bit like a chestnut tastes and I couldn't I find what it's called in English and now I can't remember I'll have to look it up after but it's those little sort of wrinkly skinned orange ones with Mm. quite a hard skin on the outside and they're they're so good and you just cut the top off take out the seeds put some cream and lots of parsley and garlic and thyme in and then put the lid on and just bake the whole lot together and then when it comes out it's all it's like you've got like almost a soup a ready-made soup inside you just scrape out the flesh and some of the cream and just with crusty bread it's oh it's gorgeous so yeah there's loads you can do in the winter with good ingredients to make for a really comforting mm. um yeah those root vegetables come into their own i think for for winter don't they Mm. Comfort, yeah. comfort food. No, there's um. I think that's one of the things that I love about France. It's just so much choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's 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 all of the different vegetables or herbs or mm-hmm. you know all the different kinds of onions, all the different kinds of garlic. There's just mm-hmm. so much choice. Um, and yeah, also that... choice that on the flip side of that is. You can't get everything you want at all times of year, which Mm. I love because then when strawberries come into season, it's like a prize, you know, Mm. you go and get them and they're fresh and they're in season and they taste of something Um, here where, you know, when I go back home, I love that I can get strawberries in December. But to be honest, they're not that nice. So again, you know... It's choice here, but it's the right choice at the right time. And, it, you know, you can add those vegetables to lots of uh, to lots of things as well. I try and do that, obviously, for my kids. And I'm sure your clients are the same. Like you're trying to add veg into as much mm. as possible. So um, I make a really great lasagna, but with loads of butternut squash in it, you know, to, mm. you know, and loads of spinach and mushrooms and, you know, and just trying to layer up as much veg in it as I can. And that's such a great recipe for this time of year. Just a mm. bowl of seasonal stuff. All right. Well, maybe you'll share that with yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe one question, because we were also talking a little before we kicked off, is mm. have you, when it comes to, you know, health and wellness here in France, mm-hmm. are, do you have any observations um, kind of compared to, you know, back home or, mm. or before you moved that you were kind of surprising? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main thing that I see here, I think, is I have never really seen a fad diet culture um, mm. in comparison to how I would have observed that at home anyway, back in the UK and Ireland. So there was always a new trend and I still see it now on social media, you know, so it'll be intermittent fasting or it'll be the paleo diet or it'll be, you know, and everybody sort of goes and jumps on the bandwagon and does it. Um, I have not seen that here. And I mean, I I don't know, maybe it exists you know, and again, in bigger cities and maybe just in my entourage, I don't see it, but I I genuinely don't really think it exists. And I think it is because Mm -hmm. of that 
French way to didn't mean to say French way, but yeah, a little plug <laughs> because of their way of being quite rigid and what they eat and when they eat it. Mm-hmm. I think when fads come in, they just go, oh no, that mm-hmm. intermittent fasting, what? No, I need to eat at eight, 12, four and seven. Do you know what I mean? It's It, it just sort of doesn't stick or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't see that fad diet culture, which I think is a good thing. And again, just back to the veg prep stuff. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. My mother-in-law, she's in her 70s. And I just remember from the get-go, just seeing her constantly preparing vegetables. That's all Mm. I ever saw her doing. And again, this weekend, I took a really beautiful photo of her. She was at the table and she just had her hands in a big pile of veg and vegetable peelings. And just, you know, just this the same vision I have of her all the time is just her at the table prepping veg. She's just always on train de trier les légumes. She's just always <laughs> prepping veg. So um, I think I noticed that it was something that was a big change for me. I suppose I'd seen that growing up too, but just I think the veg in particular, hmm. we, we, we maybe didn't have as much veg as a kid. The choice was probably smaller in Ireland. When I was growing up, it's changed now. But um, yeah, just this thing of prepping from scratch. and. Hmm. Um, that being such a thing here yeah and no fad diets what would you say yeah. do you see fad, fatty diets uh, yeah no in France I don't see any fad diets either like no I think there's such a culture around food that if people actually need to lose mm-hmm. weight then they just slightly eat a little bit less usually I know, I know. or they'll yeah. maybe cut out wine but I mean mm-hmm. it's not there's not a shiny new object Mm-hmm. And when, it's um, so weird as well, because when I try and say, because I'm quite a fan of it, intermittent fasting, it works well for me. So, and it's worked for me lots of times over my life. So I quite often will say to Pierre, if he wants to lose a bit of weight, you should do it. And he cannot do it. Like he just will not. It's like eating on the sofa. He just will not do it. He <laughs> eats at the table. He can't, he literally can't physically eat on the sofa. He just gets all weird. And he's like, but where am I going to put? my glass and my plate and he just gets all uncomfortable and it just annoys him (laughs) so you know even for Gute even for a four o'clock snack he will eat at the table yeah and it's just what him and his family have always done Mm. and what I am used to now and I mean it's very rare sometimes for the kids I'll prep them something and let them sit and watch a bit of tv on a Saturday night or something in front of you know sit and watch the tv with their dinner but very rarely and I love that you know we're all around the table we're all chatting Mm. together sometimes it's chaos well most of the time it's (laughs) chaos but you know (laughs) no but I think that and I love to to, this is a story I love to tell because I have um so my kids are older so Mm -hmm. now you know we always used to eat also at the table every single evening but yeah this past year, my brother and sister-in-law and their children, who are probably preteen, came to France a couple times. And that, when you ask those girls, what is the best memory they have of France? Mm-hmm. It is the fact that we sit and eat at the mm-hmm. table every mm-hmm. single night. And we cook and we share and we talk about our day. And that is, they always say that is their best memory. Of France. And it's true. I honestly think it's true. I think now that I've gotten older, just, you know, also for a little bit of sense of realism when it comes to my point of view, my husband and we cooked so much for years for our children and for us that now when it's just the two of us, we do have aperitif 
Mm -hmm. or, you know, which kind of becomes our dinner. So once in a while, we do have a glass of wine or a beer and just some munchies just because I'm tired of cooking. But it is relatively rare, I think, to to do that. Yes. And I also, I totally agree with you, Karen, what you say there about, I know it's easy to say, you know, you should be prepping veg all the time and I'm making it sound really romantic and it's so lovely and what we should all be doing. But I am in no way wanting people to think that that's what they have to do all the time, even if you can do a couple of meals from scratch, Mm. depending on where you are, you know, with your family and with your cooking skills, um, you know, very much. I don't want to be preachy about it because everybody has their own Mm. way of eating and things that they like. But I think there's room to try Mm. and room to um, always add something, a little bit of veg in or even a veggie starter quite often it's become a huge thing now this veggie starter thing but we've always done that here in France it's always Mm. been a part of our meal we'll always start with even if it's just um, in the summer maybe a a, a tomato that we'll just cut up and have with a bit of olive oil or quite often we would have carrot rapé so just some grated carrot with some vinaigrette and that would be a starter so you don't have to necessarily make a big meal out of it pardon the pun but you can just introduce a little bit Mm. into maybe two or three meals per week um, so that they aren't just on the go quick, you know, let's get something in yeah. as fuel, you know, try and spend a bit of time. Um, and I, I do think it makes a difference in family life for sure, you know, to sit mm. together and, and share and not only what we're eating, but share, you know, our day and what's been happening. Um, but yeah, by no means, I'm sure there's no way it's possible for everybody all, but, all the time. That's, mm. that's normal. Not all the time, but I think with a, I agree with you though, with a little bit of effort, mm-hmm. you can anticipate it and it's easy to have a raw vegetable or I personally purchase prep and cook everything on the weekend and have it mm-hmm. all week. So as long as you're creative and I'm not, a, you know, I love to cook, but it's very, very simple what I do. So I think, like you said, everybody can find a way kind of to work mm-hmm. it into their own lifestyle. Well, tell us a little bit about your membership and what you do mm-hmm. specifically. So my membership is called My Food in France, and it is a cookery membership, mainly for English speakers who are thinking of moving to France or who have already made the move. And I suppose I wanted to create a welcoming space for people in my situation who are like-minded people who love food and maybe don't necessarily have all the skills or the know-how to create seasonal tasty meals um, and just want to learn new skills as well. So not only is it a place to come and meet other people who love France and love food, but you'll also learn some new skills. So um, I just did a cookery demo in there yesterday. Friday here in France was Chandeleur, which is pancake day uh, in France. So uh, yesterday was the date for the cookery demo in the membership and I showed everybody how to do crepe Suzette, which is one of my mm. favourite simple just really quite impressive, but really easy desserts to make. So I was flambing uh, pancakes at nine o'clock yesterday morning. <laughs> it's quite dangerous. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just really nice. So that's, there's a demo every month. Then we do a cookery class every month as well. Mm. And we do a challenge in there as well. So I'll get you to do, to either pick an ingredient or pick a recipe or There'll be some sort of a foodie challenge for you to try mm-hmm. every month in there as well. Um, and this month is my month where I am. So it, it'll happen probably, haven't decided yet whether it'll be every three or four months. The doors are going to open for two weeks for people to come and join for free. 
and have a go in the membership. Come and see what it's like. Have a look around, uh, take part. So there are going to be two activities happening uh, when I open the doors on the 14th of February. They're going to be open for two weeks uh, and there'll be two things to take part in when you're in there. There may even be prizes for those who take part. So it's going to open, yeah, for free for two weeks and then you are free to just to leave and that's fine or if you want to stick around and become part of the membership you can stay and sign up yeah so I absolutely love it Karen it's like my favorite little place on the internet that I've created uh we talk food we talk France we talk just general life um and also learn new skills together so I think there's something really lovely about that and creating food and dishes together brings us back to that connection thing so even though we're on zoom and there's people from all over we have this amazing connection for you know an hour and a half on a friday we cook together this once a month and it just creates this amazing connection so i love i love it okay great well i'll put everything into the show notes because this episode will be coming out during those two weeks Mm. so for those of you listening You have, um, this is coming out on February 21st. So you'll have seven more days to join. So be sure to look in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, Great. Anything else that you want to add or that has come up through our conversation? I think just, yeah. I think for anybody uh, who lives in France, um, I suppose, I'm not sure where your listeners are based mainly, Karen, but just, yeah, to come and try the food, give it a go. If you're new here and you're finding things difficult, you know, go to your local markets, go and speak to people, find nice ingredients, try a new thing. That's what I love about the foodie culture here, I think, is is the market and talking to others about food. Everybody's quite into it, I think. So most people are quite foodie here and um, go to your local cafes and restaurants and meet and chat with people. It's a great way of becoming part of the community, I think. Um, it's, yeah. actually, it's a very good point. If for all of my listeners... If you ever want to engage the conversation with somebody in France or that you meet elsewhere that is French, talk about food. (laughs) It is a very safe topic. Everybody will have something to say, a recipe to share. Um, So yes, it's a love love language in this country. Oh, I totally agree. They're very proud of their cuisine Mm. and, and rightly so. And rightly so. Great, Judith. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'll put everything in the show notes and we'll talk soon. Thank you. So great to talk. Thank you, Karen. If you enjoyed this podcast and are ready to lose weight and never gain it back in a way that feels pleasurable, then set up a free call with me. You can do this by clicking on the link in the show notes going to my Instagram account, The French Way, or at my website, karengombo.com. Au revoir et à très bientôt.